Did you ever watch a show and enjoy it so much that you actually dreaded the ending of the season? That happened to me with the first season of The Mandalorian. When the show premiered, I knew nothing about it. I had avoided any news, trailers, and rumors pertaining to the Disney Plus show because I wanted to go in with a fresh mind, and to enjoy it for whatever Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni had planned for us. And during the two months that the show ran weekly episodes, I fell into a rhythm. Staying off social media every Friday and avoiding any spoiler articles during my time at work and on my commute home. Which I have to say is pretty difficult when you work for a media company. I'd watch each new episode on Friday night. Soon after, I'd jump back onto the speeding train that was social media to read what many of my friends and the Star Wars fans I didn't know felt about each episode. What their theories were about the little green creature or who this mysterious Mandalorian character was and where the show would go from there. And when I was with our friends at a meal or at a collector's home or even at a show, the discussion would be even more lively and fervent. Those conversations continued throughout the week. There was an excitement that is hard to capture in words, but it felt like the world was watching together. During parts of the sequel trilogy years, Star Wars sadly became a topic of divisiveness. And now, it was back to being a unifier, in the midst of a world that was getting ready to spin off of its axis temporarily. And when the first season ended with Moff Gideon cutting through the hull of a TIE fighter with the black-bladed Darksaber, I wasn't ready for it to end. Sure, like many of you, I wanted to see what our heroes' fates would be. But I had enjoyed the fellowship caused by the in-person and online discussions. It was fun to see the excitement of a fandom bubble up to the surface as viewers old and new fell in love with the character Disney insisted we call the child but which we instead lovingly nicknamed Baby Yoda. I remember looking up the release date for season two shortly after the season finale and realizing we would not have another episode together for another ten months. And that seems so far away. It really wasn't about the television show or Beskar armor or even Star Wars. It was about a shared connection, one that rang out loudly and passionately. It felt like a party, and week after week, everyone had shown up to be a part of it. In the world outside of the small screen, Star Wars collectors were in a rhythm, too. Here on the East Coast, we had frequent collector club meetups, which were some of the most fun and memorable times I can remember. And I sincerely mean that. It's not that we took them for granted, but they were just regular occurrences, and they were plentiful. We'd travel to the homes of different collectors or to different regions of the country for larger, multi-day meetups. And along with these in-person events, we were also fortunate to have a plethora of toy shows and conventions scattered across each year. For me, Pennsylvania ZoloCon usually kicked off the toy show season in February, and from the spring to the winter, I would travel out to Ohio several times and would attend a number of shows in places like Nashville and the tri-state area. Sure, we'd hunt for toys, but the real reason we were there? It was the growing friendships and camaraderie with other collectors. The dinners together were just as special as any room sales or toy find. 
And little did any of us know, but this season of normality would have its finale around the second week of March last year. The pandemic didn't just end our weekly and daily routines, but turned the television off and pulled the plug. Yet our group is a resilient and special one. We used our creativity to rewire the television and made shows of our own from home. We made up our own stories while we waited for the next season of life to start. And yet, we didn't wait around. We checked in on each other, spent time together in front of screens, and laughed until some of us literally fell asleep on our Zoom chats. And unlike The Mandalorian, which had set a return date for a second season, the season of the pandemic offered no hints as to when the normal rhythms of life would return. And yet, in the midst of the quarantine, a local and larger New Jersey toy show decided to give an in-person event a try during the second week of October, seven months after we shuttered ourselves in our homes. It was a strange time, and given how little we knew and understood about the virus then, it was a risk to be out and among people, especially when a vaccine was months away from becoming a reality. But human beings are not meant to be locked away in their homes. We're meant to be together, to learn from one another, and to connect and to communicate and to be face-to-face, even if it had to be behind masks and six feet apart. So many of us, for better or for worse, saw October's ToyCon NJ show as probably the last show of the year, the last time we'd be able to hunt for toys and to spend time together in the same room. It was like Dave Filoni and John Favreau released a special Mandalorian episode to tide us over until the next season. And it was the last show of the year, and a really nice one at that. As I mentioned in my recap of it in episode 39's A Look Back at 2020 from a Collector's Perspective, it was at times overwhelming and anxiety-inducing, and in the same breath, comforting and soul-enriching. And then came a long winter and a longer wait. Eight months later, the first toy show of the new year and the first official Empire State Star Wars Collectors Club of the new year took place on the same weekend at the Police Athletic League Center in Wayne, New Jersey. The world was opening up again. The availability of vaccines amid a slowing pandemic signaled a turn for the better. A new season was about to begin. This is the return to normalcy we craved, amid the bustle and electricity of a packed show. This is the weekend spent laughing and standing alongside friends, hunting for toys, and dining together. This is a look at the weekend of ToyCon NJ. And this is Star Wars Prototypes and Production. Yes, master. Well, we're gonna have company! Have to stand and fight. The more you tighten your grip, Doug, 
I want to learn the ways of the Force and become a Jedi like my father. The Force will be with you. Always. The Wayne Toy Show is New Jersey's longest-running toy show. It premiered 30 years ago. On the first Sunday of every month, notable toy dealers and collectors of every age and line head to a tiny firehouse tucked away in the town of Wayne, New Jersey. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, it was the first toy show I ever attended as an adult. I can't remember that first trek out to Wayne, but it was sometime between 2012 and 2013. I would drive up to the show with my childhood friend Jay, who is still one of my dearest and closest friends, and we'd pull into the parking lot in the minutes before the show would open to the early bird attendees. The parking lot would be filled with people arriving, some sleepily walking toward the front door, while others, alert and likely on their second cup of coffee, would be shuttling carts filled with bins of toys between their cars and the building. There was a thrill in turning down the street, following the red signs with the words Toy and Collectibles Show printed in yellow, and arriving at the Wayne Firehouse. It was a reminder that the world was wholly open to you, that as a collector, anything could turn up for sale that morning, and could be yours if you were the first to stumble upon it. The sun always felt a little brighter, the bustle a little more rhythmic, I felt like I couldn't get through those doors fast enough to see what awaited us. In the nicer weather, some of the vendors set up outside, and Jay and I would scout out the tables for any vintage Star Wars figures before heading inside. We'd pay the admission fee of two or three dollars, extend our left hands as the person collecting the money quickly stamped them, and the show would begin. I remember attending the show for the first time, mind you, my first show since the early 1990s, and my brain was buzzing, just pulsing with anticipation and excitement. Overwhelmed by the electricity of the moment, of the number of tables and the multitudes of toys on every one. Trying to take it all in at once as I moved from dealer to dealer, and yet feeling like my ability to focus, or even grasping all that was in front of me, was quickly evading me. I always seemed to find something special at each show, a blue snaggletooth, a handful of accessories, or a carded Darth Vader. And for someone who was returning to collecting as an adult, every show was exciting, because everything was so fresh and so new at the time. In 2014, Phil DiMario, the gentleman who ran the Wayne Toy Show, wanted to try something different. He aimed to create a larger gathering, a two-day event with more rooms, more vendors, and more toys. If the Wayne Toy Show was a television series, this new outing would be a feature-length film on the big screen. And thus, ToyCon NJ was born. ToyCon NJ has been one of my favorite shows. I've been fortunate to find some incredible pieces for my collection there, and I've made some wonderful friends along the way. And in recent years, ToyCon has become more than a toy show. It's become a destination event for many collectors in the tri-state area.
I remember the moment when things felt like they were heading in the right direction again. After the first month of winter and hurtling over the line into the new year, Tom Quinn, a dear friend and co-founder of the Empire State Star Wars Collectors Club, posted the following note on the club's homepage. May 22nd, 2021 will be our first scheduled meetup of the year. Come join in the fun at ToyCon NJ. I can't wait to see your faces again. We hope to have more meetups when the weather gets warmer and we can be outdoors. This may seem like just another club message, but it was so much more. It was a dove returning to the ark with an olive branch. It was the hope and promise of the things we had missed for the past year. A toy show, a club meetup, and the chance to be together again. In January, it appeared the world would be opening again, and that the vaccines would roll out to facilities across the country. But nothing was definitive. So Tom and some of the other members of the club had set May 22nd as a date far into the future. And by then, hopefully, the opportunity to shop a toy show together would become a reality. And the first five months of the year flew by. And during that time, people were vaccinated, the mask mandates and social distancing measures began to lift, and the weather grew warmer. And with the success of Michael Haven's ICCC Nashville convention the previous month, I knew that ToyCon would be happening the weekend of May 22nd, and would be the location of the club's first meetup of the year as well. As the toy show drew nearer, I was counting down the days. But I wasn't the only one. With less than two weeks to go, Tom posted a note to our group, saying, 11 more sleeps until ToyCon NJ. Tom's note reminded me of being a child and counting down the days until Christmas each December. For everyone, Saturday was the big day. It would be the first official day of the show, and many of the club members planned to drive in that morning. I was fortunate in that I was able to show up the day before to help another dear friend, Pete LaRose, set up his table. Being there for setup meant getting to hang out with Pete, which was something I haven't been able to do since the fall. It also meant we would be spending time with other friends and dealers for the evening, as well as having the opportunity to get an idea of what the show would be like for the weekend. Setup would begin on Friday afternoon and would run until 8 o'clock that evening. I would drive home that night, only to turn around and head back to the show at 6 o'clock the next morning. My goal was to stay out as long as I could with everybody on Saturday. And if I became tired, I'd remind myself that this weekend was something for which I had waited months and months, and I would not take it for granted. I'd like to take you along with me for the weekend. You can ride up to the show with me, so long as you don't mind long car rides and being on your feet for most of the event. Let me just set the address into the GPS. That's one pal drive in Wayne, New Jersey. And we'll be on our way. I brought a bottle of water for you and a mask in case you need one. Traffic's going to be a little heavy on the Garden State Parkway this afternoon, as the weather is getting nice again and people are heading toward the shore for the weekend. 
but that will give me some time to fill you in on my experiences at previous Toy Cons, as well as to share a little of what I'm expecting for this event. Okay, so it's just another day and another toy show. Well, it's actually, it's not another day. It's not another toy show. It's the first toy show of the year for me. Um, the last time that I went to a toy show was this exact same one. It was, I think it was October 9th of 2020, so about eight months ago. And it was in Wayne, New Jersey at ToyCon New Jersey, or ToyCon NJ. It's never lost the amount of vintage and good stuff that, that, that shows up, which is nice because sometimes, you know, shows start out where they're really heavily uh, leaning toward vintage and then all of a sudden the vintage stuff dries up and you wind up getting things like pops and weird anime toys and sometimes backpacks and <laughs> non-Star non, non Wars and non-vintage non, uh, and, and modern toys, um, you know still collectibles, but just not the stuff that you want. You really want to go, or at least we as vintage Star Wars collectors, modern Star Wars collectors, would be going to a, a, a show like that for. But it never lost uh, it, its lean toward vintage, which is wonderful. Um, it has added more modern stuff, which is great. Uh, we've had a lot more modern collectors, I would say, over the past decade, You know, especially over the last maybe three or four years, really start to pop up. Uh, another great piece that I bought. <laughs> I think this was, I think this was in 2019. Um, I had picked up a. If you're familiar with the vintage collection from Hasbro, uh, that 2010 to 2012 range, or 20, that 2010 to 2012 uh, toy line, Star Wars toy line. Uh, I picked up uh, a carded, unpunched Shea Vizsla, and Shea Vizsla is one of the rarer ones. She was released toward the end of the line uh, when Hasbro canceled the line in 2012. And it's just, it's a, it's a pretty expensive one. Um, I think they were going for $90 a piece. Uh, I, I asked the seller what he wanted for it. He said $40. <laughs> so I made a very fast deal for that one. Uh, and now I believe that that one is probably, I sent it in to be graded. It graded a 90. Um, but I believe ungraded, it probably goes for around three to $400. Or maybe graded, that's what it sells for now, which is crazy. And it just, I've, I've always loved that character. Um, I love the Mandalorians. I was always upset that they never released a pre-Vizsla for the vintage collection. And so Shea Vizsla, being of the Vizsla clan, um, is the next best thing. So I've just, you know, I've, I've tried to pick up some pieces like that over the years. One of the, the issues right now is that prices, we don't know what to expect for prices. Um, I, I think they're going to be very high because I think the overall market for all collectibles uh, is really high right now, uh, and I think you know any any Star Wars stuff that's going to make an appearance today is going to come with big price tags. Um, you know, and I, I get it. There's there's such a huge demand for this stuff, uh, and there's there truly is a, a more limited supply. You know, especially if you're looking for good condition stuff, authentic accessories, um, figures in good condition, uh, you know, high grade carded figures. Um, you know, it, it's, it's tougher. There are fewer and fewer of them out there. Um, you know, so, so maybe the prices will be high. And yet at a show like this too, I mean, there's always going to be people who have stuff priced at where, wherever they have it priced. So, you know, and, and that's always <laughs> the goal is to find 
you know, the, the items that are um, more value priced, you know, where you're not paying uh, an incredible markup for a piece. Um, I'm not in a, a rush for anything in, in particular. Um, I'm, as of right now with my vintage collection, I'm very happy with it. Um, and I've always just, I've always, in some ways I've collected kind of casually. I have no, no main focus. I mean, if you want to drill down a focus, maybe it's Luke Jedi. Um, and, and I always try to add pieces to my Luke Jedi run, carded and loose. And then I have, uh, you know, trying to do a, a complete run of Power of the Force carded figures. Uh, I'm looking for a specific condition, you know, a quality. And for me, it's just, it's, it's been, I've been doing that for, gosh, almost a decade. Uh, I think I'm pretty much approaching a decade of it. And I still haven't gotten all 15 or all 17 yet of, of the, the uh, you know, the main unique releases. Um, but that's okay. So I'm not in a rush. I'm not really in a rush to spend. Um, usually with these toy shows anyway, I, um, I generally, you know, just the way it happens, like I have uh, sometimes I'm fortunate enough to make a deal beforehand. So I might be, you know, going to, to pick something up and <laughs> usually it's either in the modern prototype form or, or some, some form of, uh, of vintage. Um, and so, you know, this one's no exception. Um, but you know, we'll see what prices are like. Um, from what I heard, so the, the, the main, the last or the most recent main toy show, uh, that I've heard, uh, that, that actually happened was back in April, about a month ago for, um, in Nashville, it's, uh, the ICCC. And from what I've heard, you know, there were a lot, there were a lot of, uh, sellers with vintage items there and the prices for the vintage stuff was very high. Uh, rightfully so, right? And uh, one friend said it, it, it seemed like people were putting prices um, where they didn't really want to sell the stuff, you know. But they would they would list something for a price where it was like, okay, you know, I'll sell this for this price. If you want to take it off my hands at, at this high, you know, value, uh, then then go ahead. And so we might get a lot of that. Um, I think I think probably the biggest shocker is going to be the prices of modern pieces. Um, you know, these shows have become uh, kind of a storefronts in a way for, for a lot of um, uh, vintage collection and Black Series six-inch figures. Um, you know, and uh, the last Toy Con I was at, uh, for me, I saw a lot of the pieces that were currently in stores that were impossible to find at the stores because they had been picked over by scalpers. A lot of those pieces, you know, found their ways onto the tables at, at ToyCon. Uh, so I have a feeling we'll, we'll see a lot of that too. Uh, any of the new releases uh, that, that people are struggling to find are probably going to be there. Um, but generally I have to say too, for the modern stuff, I mean, the prices were all, last time I went, were all really fair. Now that was eight months ago. Um, the entire collecting market has changed in eight months, I mean, you could even say it's probably changed in about a month or two months. Um, you know, the, the prices just keep rising. So I don't know what it'll be like. Uh, for me now, I have some some uh, modern prototypes, and I'd like to get their production examples uh, so I can pair them together. Um, but, you know, even if I don't buy anything... Uh, <laughs> I've already spent money, so that's always a, always a plus. Uh, so I, I'm I'm always coming away with something. But um, you know, but again, for me, the the main draw is just to be back at a show like this, and really to see friends that are coming in. We have friends coming in 
not only from the tri-state area, but from places like, I think, Rhode Island, Connecticut, um, upstate New York, uh, possibly Delaware, uh, definitely Pennsylvania, you know, areas in, in New Jersey as well. Um, you know, in just any of those surrounding regions, uh, people are so desperate to go to a show, and rightfully so. Um, so if, you know, if, if everyone is able to to get out for this weekend, it's a beautiful weekend. I think, you know, right now it's driving in, it's, it's, it's about 90 degrees. Um, I'm certainly not dressed for the weather, wearing a long sleeve shirt and a, a pair of shorts. Um, but, uh, that's, I guess I'm halfway dressed for the weather, but it would have been nicer to take a short, short sleeve shirt. So we have friends coming in from all over. Um, but you know, the majority of them are from the Empire State Club. And this is the first official Empire State Club meetup of, of 2021. Um, you know, we really weren't able to meet up last year. Uh, the, the, the last true meetup was in February of 2020. And, you know, this one is, is not only open to everybody, but the um, while we still have the mask mandates around here, um, I, I believe uh, some of the regulations have uh, surrounding COVID have been lifted. So uh, the building should be able to contain more than um, what they contained even back in October. I think there was a limit of f- having 450 people in the police athletic league. And, and again, that's a, even, you know, though it's, it's in a different place now, it's in Wayne. Uh, it's a really big uh, area. It has, you know, two huge gymnasiums. Um, but even, even then we had, you know, a limit of 450 people. Uh, we had some friends that were coming in for the empire state club, uh, one, one of my friends said that he waited, uh, I think two hours to get in, he and his family, um, you know, because they were only letting a certain amount of people in at, at one time. And in order for them to bring in more people, you had to wait until people left. So hopefully that's not the case this, this weekend. Um, but I will tell you, I am so excited about it. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. Uh, you know, Again, especially as collectors, this is something that we, many of us just do. We go to these meetups, we go to these toy shows, we go to conventions, um, and it's not, it's not just to, to look for stuff or to get, it's to be with the people that we've really become attached to over the years. And, uh, you know, people that we call brothers and sisters and genuinely mean it. Uh, I was, I was was talking to my mom yesterday and I was telling her that I just think it's amazing that I've never been part of a group that says, I love you to each other more. And, and I'm talking guys and girls and, you know, people that you just, you know, wouldn't expect it, uh, who just have, they don't, they don't even blink at the thought of telling someone they love them. Um, you know, and especially with things being as tough as they've been over the last year, you know, with the quarantine and just being isolated and, and just, you know, dealing with everything around it. Um, the fact that that we have friends in this community, people who are thoughtful and kind and creative and hysterically funny, uh, you know, who make moments in life better and brighter and who just are willing to say, I love you, you know, and, and uh, hey, if you need anything, I'm here for you. How are you doing? Uh, you know, can I help you with anything? Uh, you know, uh, if you're if you're over my way, just come stay at my house. I've had more people that I have met after talking with them for an hour who are like, Hey, if you're ever near my way, just let me know, take you out to eat and, you know, you can stay at my place or whatever. 
that is incredible. That is truly incredible. It's not naive. It's, it's, it's a genuine spirit of, of connection. Um, you know, we have all these amazing memories and moments because of people like that. Um, and, and in some way, it's, it's a very easy thing to do, right? It's very easy to just turn around and to sit and to talk to somebody for, you know, a few minutes or a half hour or an hour, you know, or just to exchange phone numbers at a show and to be like, hey, you know, if, you, if you're interested, in, if you're ever looking for anything, give me a call. Um, that's one of the things I love to do is to say to somebody like, hey, is, can I help you find something, right? Because I'll keep an eye out for somebody. And if I, if I find it, I'll contact them. And it's so exciting to, to help somebody. And it's just it's another excuse to connect with somebody, you know? Um, but anyway, all these episodes are really love letters to our community and our hobby, you know, and the people that really put the time into building relationships, um, you know, care about one another. People, people make stuff for one another. Like we have friends that just, Hey, you know, friend today, send me your address. I want to send you something, (laughs) you know, it's like, and, and again, it's never about the thing, but it's the fact that somebody just took the time out and thought of you, right? And then you try to repay that in, in any way you can. Um, you know, and there's nothing more fun than taking somebody who maybe doesn't know a lot of people yet and just walking them around at a show and just being like, hey, you have to meet all these people. You know, here, th- this guy, you know, he's a, he's a dealer and a friend of mine, and, you know, he has all the Star Wars stuff you'd need. And, and here are some other friends from the Empire State Club group and from this club and from that group. And then that person comes away and, and they, they say, okay, I, I have a new family as of today, uh, which, you know, again, some of this stuff may sound silly, but I dare you. I dare you to challenge it. I dare you to come into a group like this and to not be touched and to not want to come back after experiencing one positive, beautiful day like that. For me, I mean, it's more special than anything I own in my collection, with the exception of an Ahsoka first shot. <laughs> I'm kidding, but it's close. No, uh, no, I'm, I'm totally kidding because I'm, I'm, I'm making light of a uh, kind of a, a more, you know, personal, emotional thing. But, but it's true. It's true. I, I dare you. I dare you to take a risk. Go to a, a show. Talk to some people, introduce yourself to some people. Um, you know, one of the reasons why I do this podcast is so that you hear the names of other collectors and you get to know them and know kind of who they are, what they collect, um, what makes them special, you know, because everyone is special in, in all these unique ways, right? And, uh, and then hopefully when you see them, if, if you ever run into, like, if you run into Robin at a show and she'll be, you know, she'll be the blonde in glasses, sunglasses and stuff, looking like a rock star. She's just awesome. And if you ever see her and you just go up to her, I mean, if you listen to my Six Stories episode with her, you can talk to her about so many things. She's a genuine love for people and a genuine love for Star Wars, right? And and that's that's the unifier, of course. You know, that that's kind of what what gets us in the door with other people, where it's like, oh, cool, you're a collector. I collect this, you know, and and uh, or or I like Star Wars too. What do you collect? And so that's what these shows do, and that's in some ways that's what they've become. As you'll probably hear later on. Um, at some point during this weekend, uh, as part of our, our meetup, uh, we're all going to go out to eat. We're all going to go to a restaurant. We're going to take a break from the show, go out to a restaurant, and uh, and go together as a group, right? And I haven't had a group meal, gosh, uh, probably in a year and a half, really close to a year and a half. I'm probably looking forward to that more than almost anything for this weekend. 
Um, you know, again, I can't believe we have such beautiful weather. It's now 92 degrees. Sitting in traffic on the Garden State Parkway, and I don't really care. Uh, I should be there actually within about a half hour or so. So I just wanted to share some thoughts before I actually attended the event. And a lot of times, a lot of times what happens is, and, and this is this is kind of my my tradition. I get there, and before I go in, I just stop sit in my car, turn my car off, and I just say a quick prayer. And I just ask God to bless everybody who's in there, everyone who's traveling into the convention or, or the toy show or the meetup, everyone who's traveling home, that, that we'd get there and get back safely. Um, and that, and I just ask God to bless the, the people, the dealers, the buyers, um, that, that people would connect, that people would have a good time. Uh, I, I pray for their families. I, I think that's really important too, you know, and I, and I just... Uh, and then I just, as just something I've done since the first time I ever went to a show, I just pray that there would just be maybe a surprise or two. And honestly, I've never been let down. I mean, there's always been a surprise. And sometimes that surprise is in the form of sitting with a friend together in an empty cafeteria, like last time, you know, for, for a lunch, a quick lunch. Or sometimes it's an amazing, mind-blowing find, or it's uh, somebody showing up who wasn't supposed to attend, right? So that's what I do. And then I grab my backpack, usually a bottle of water, and head on into the show. And I get into the show, and I, I try for the first 15, 20 minutes, or however, as lo- as long as, however long it takes, uh, to shop the show to walk up and down each aisle, uh, to say hi briefly <laughs> to, the, to the people that are there, but to, you know, to, to, to kind of get a glimpse of every table. Um, and what that does is it calms the, the hunter part for me. Uh, it just, you know, it, it makes me, um, it makes me calm down. Uh, it makes me relax cause I've seen everything and now I'll go through table by table and, and, you know, look more closely, uh, and then, and just, you know, hug and handshake and connect with everyone. Uh, but so then I walk around the show and, and honestly, I mean, from the time I walk in, you know, and whether it's getting a vendor badge or a, uh, a VIP pass or a general admission pass, early bird, whatever it is from that moment, as soon as you walk through, it's like you get this rush of walking through the door you know, you're walking down the hallway, the, the sound starts to get louder, you start to get into it, and it's just really exciting. You know, it's almost like being at a concert where the opening band is on, and you're walking in, and you're getting your seat, and you're looking around, and you can feel the anticipation and the excitement of the crowd, and that that's truly what it feels like. And then it's a blur, and it's just, it's, I know I've said this a hundred times, but it's like being in the ocean. You just kind of get tossed from one area to the next. You run into somebody. They take you off in a direction. Uh, you know, you, you, then, you then split, and, and you're looking at, at something else in the table, and, and that's okay. It's a really unique, fun experience. It's a bit of a blur. And then you find yourself in your car about a quarter of the way home already, and you go, my gosh, that was, <laughs> that was a pretty quick day. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be really special. As far as, you know, if, if you were to ask me what I was looking for right now, I mean, it's really, you know, of course, modern Star Wars prototypes, but that's always a rarity. Although I did 
I did pick one up at the last show, uh, which was nice. So it was kind of a surprise. Had a friend bring it and say, hey, are you interested? Um, and a cool one, too. Very interesting one. But, uh, you know, I'll be on the lookout for anything like that. I'm always on the lookout for accessories. Uh, if you listen to the last two episodes, um, <laughs> they were they were very heavily based on accessories. Uh, I think they're always really cool to find. It shows uh, carded figures. I love carded figures, I think, more than anything in vintage. So... And, and that's the stuff that I just, I love. I love hunting. I love the different cardback variations. Uh, I try to find really nice quality condition ones as well, too. Ones that are unpunched. Um, it just, it's always done something to my brain when I see one of those. And I just love it, so. But, uh, you know, and, and again, it's it's trying to, trying to find pieces for friends. Uh, I have a whole list of friends that, you know, just as soon as I, I find something, I just contact them or I'll, take, I'll send them pictures. Um, so that's always fun. But I cannot believe that I'm going to my first toy show in eight months. So we'll see what it's like.